there is a, a disinformation program literally for everyone, no matter who you are and what, what your interests are, uh, what your beliefs are, uh, which, which way you're focusing. There is a website set up just for you to take you in and to vector your thinking and your attention into the way that they want you to think. You are listening to Radio Free Signs of the Times, broadcasting into the heart of an occupied America. Welcome to this week's Signs of the Times podcast. I'm Henry. I'm Joe. And I'm Scott. And we're sweltering, as is much of the planet. But we're not going to talk about the weather today. We are going to talk about what's going on in Lebanon, the horrors wrought by those in power in Israel upon the Lebanese people, which is a simple continuation of their policies towards the Palestinians. The web has been full of photos of young children burned, blown apart. These photos are are so horrific that it is difficult really to confront them without getting nauseous looking at what's going on. And this brings us into the question of what kind of people, if they're people at all, can do this sort of thing. And that's what we'd like to take a look at tonight. Nauseous isn't really the the response that I had. It was really, I mean, I found it hard to look at them because um, it was more a feeling of, of, of grief. Um and followed by, you know, anger, frustration, and some despair. Because there's nothing quite like, I suppose, the sight of a of a child, a baby, two years old, three, four, five year old kid, lying dead in in the dirt. There's something just a little too poignant about that image, and it really. Um, when I when I see something something like that, and I, especially in the context of of, of it uh, being a, a war crime uh, as it is, everything else in a way becomes insignificant, mm-hmm. um, because uh, there's not really anything that's worth the, the death of of a child like that. Obviously, there's nothing really. Ideally, there's nothing that's worth the death of any human being, but particularly children and. Um, the other images that have made me react as strongly were the images of the young girl on the beach in Gaza from a few weeks ago whose family had been killed by Israeli uh, shelling. And on the one hand, you're, you're seeing pictures of, of parents grieving over children, and on the other, you're seeing children grieving because all of a sudden they're alone. Yeah. But the perpetrators uh, are the same in both cases. Yeah. And the thing is that, you know, this, this, I suppose it's these images that, and these events that make us ask the question, why? Which leads on to the question of who? Because we don't for a minute believe that uh, a majority of people in the world would uh, are not repelled by by such images and would ever sanction such acts. So that narrows it down quite a lot. And obviously there's a direct line uh, of culpability to the people who fired the missiles or dropped the bombs 
or use the guns that carry out or that, do, that perpetrate these acts. But even then, you go back one step further because um, these people have uh, are, are, are they're in the, they're in the military and they're they're being brainwashed in terms of uh, or military training into just following orders blindly. And so we go, we get back to the people who who give these orders and who plan uh, such attacks. And obviously that brings us right up to the level of, of governments, uh, well, up to the level of, of military commanders and military planners and, and, and governments. So it's quite clear that they're ultimately responsible. And it's not even that they're indirectly responsible, they're directly responsible. They're very far removed, uh, in a way, from the actual killing, but they're very, very directly responsible. In fact, they're the only ones who are really responsible in an absolute uh, way because they are the only ones who really have a choice. Well, uh, you made the point in the editorial you wrote for Thursday that on some level the public doesn't have access to the information and they may see a photo now and then and we know that the media does everything in its power to prevent people from seeing photos or videos of what actually is going on but you make the point that those who are in power not only would have this information but they would have much 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 more so they can't say well we didn't know yeah they they uh, they have a choice obviously uh, they're completely free to make that choice and they make that choice consciously and they know as Henry's saying they know the targets, they know what the result is going to be. So in a very real sense, these people are the only people who are really, really responsible because um, another way to look at it is if you take the peop- these people away who are actually devising these, uh, these attacks, uh, planning these attacks, if you take those people away, then the attacks don't happen. But if you take the one soldier away who fired the gun, there's always another one to step into his place. Mm-hmm. But if you take the small elite away from the, from the very top, then it doesn't happen because they're the ones giving the orders. So it's these images that we've seen. And in a way, they're not, and I think, different from what we've seen and people have seen throughout you know, history, since the history of television and, and, and published media. I mean, there's been many wars over the past 100 years with, with images very similar to the images we're seeing this week but again there is something this situation is quite particular uh, in terms of the very clear defenselessness of the people that are being killed because there really is no uh, war it's not a war in the same way there's no war in Iraq there never was a war in Iraq that term the Iraq war is a misnomer because when the Americans invaded Iraq in 2003 there was no Iraqi army um, there was no one to resist them. Nothing like an organized army like, like the American army that was invading. And there was no threat of any sort to the Americans or any of the other countries in the so-called coalition of the willing. Yeah. So um, and it's the same case in, in, in Palestine and in Lebanon. The Israeli military isn't meeting with any real resistance uh, not not in terms of a resistance that could that could actually match their firepower uh, because Israel has the fourth largest military in the world. It's a very small country. It has only five million people or so. Uh, it's really Jews, but it has a massive military, um, the fourth largest in the world, which is all essentially funded, financed, given to them quite often for for free by by the American government. 
So is this um, it's, it's this real sense of, of an injustice and a, and a defenselessness, as, as I said, about... Uh, and so that our listeners can... So that our listeners can better understand in case, for some reason, they haven't followed the events and what the trigger event was for this whole-scale bombing of an innocent country. It started when Hezbollah captured two Israeli soldiers and killed several others. Now, these Israeli soldiers were not in Israel. They were in Lebanon. They were in Lebanon on land that Israel has been occupying for decades against UN resolutions. And so that in itself is an aggressive act. Moreover, Israel had moved back from its furthest positions into Lebanon. But while they were holding these other lands, they put into place over 400,000 landmines. And since they've retreated, Hezbollah and the Lebanese have been trying to negotiate the release of maps of where these landmines are planted so they could go and dig them up because Lebanese children go out and play in these fields and they get blown up. So you're in a situation where it is clearly Israel that's the aggressor. They have been for decades. And whether Hezbollah's act was intelligent or not can be debated. But within the rules of war, such as they are, and such as our planet is, there was nothing outrageous about what they did. In response, Israel is bombing the entire country. Now, Hezbollah is a powerful political party in Lebanon, but Hezbollah is not Lebanon. It would be as if, say, Canada got upset with the Republican Party for some reason and decided to invade the United States uh, because they were upset with, with something that the Republican Party did. What Israel is doing is called collective punishment. And Israel is very familiar with collective punishment because it's what they've been doing against the Palestinians right from the beginning. If a Palestinian attacks an Israeli or launches a rocket into Israel, a, a handmade rocket, then Israel holds the entire Palestinian people accountable for this, will hold the family of the person they accuse accountable, will come in and raise their house, or as we're seeing in this operation carried out in Gaza at the moment called Summer Rain, they're holding the entire population of Gaza accountable. Collective punishment is illegal. There are international laws against it. And as we see, Israel holds itself above all international law and sees themselves as being judge and executioner for their own law, which, as we'll discuss a little later, is simply psychopathic. And the idea that Israel's response to the organization Hezbollah's uh, actions uh, the idea that this is uh, out of proportion is something that seems to be gaining a little ground. Last week we had mentioned that uh, Switzerland was the only country that had come out and actually really said anything uh, against the Israeli invasion. 
And on Thursday, uh, Russia added its voice to the chorus and uh, actually sharply criticized Israel, according to uh, the Associated Press, uh, saying that Israel's actions against Hezbollah and against Lebanon went far beyond the boundaries of an anti-terrorist operation, and they repeated calls for immediate ceasefire. And the Russian foreign ministry, uh, of course, affirmed the need to fight terrorism because, you know, the whole war on terror is part of uh, the big game plan, as we've commented on before. Uh, so certainly you know, Russia is still pushing the whole war on terrorism shtick, but, but they have actually come out and sharply criticized Israel's actions. And in addition to that, the Red Cross came out and said that the military operations in Lebanon were leading to a humanitarian crisis, and they also had some rather scathing remarks for, for Israel. And humanitarian crisis it certainly is. There are over 500,000 Lebanese who are refugees. The Western media is tracking very, very carefully the evacuation of their own citizens out of Lebanon while they're playing down what's actually happening to the poor Lebanese who are going to be stuck. Every major bridge in the country has been bombed. Ports have been bombed. The airport's been bombed. Homes have been bombed. And one of the tactics that the Israelis seem to be using repeatedly is to announce to a village that the villagers need to evacuate because the village will be bombed. And then as the villagers are leaving, the Israelis open up fire on them. And regarding the, the humanitarian crisis in Lebanon, uh, last week we heard that uh, you know, Israel is basically saying to everyone, well, you know, don't worry because, you know, we're sending in medical supplies and support. So even though we're destroying the infrastructure, you know, there's not going to be a humanitarian crisis. Everything will be okay. And this week in an AFP article, we learned that, in fact, the international community is uh, fully expecting a humanitarian crisis because there's no food. There are no medical supplies due to the Israeli blockades. The airport is basically useless. Any Americans in Lebanon who were trying to escape, uh, they couldn't get out and, in fact, had to pay to be evacuated, uh, which is, you know, just completely absurd. And, of course, the U.S. government said, well, you know, they would have had to have paid for, you know, airfare to leave the country anyway. Of course, the problem with that is that probably many people had already paid for plane tickets and had, had plans to leave, but when Israel destroyed the airport, now they have to pay a second time. And even dead people have to pay to uh, evacuate Lebanon. So getting back to the idea that Joe was discussing earlier, what kind of person is it that could consciously order such violence and such destruction? You know, we, we mentioned the, the, the images of the, of the dead kids, and you know, I'm pretty sure that all of our listeners and everybody, uh, people that they know, their families and friends, would all pretty much recoil in horror at, uh, at such images and, and would be very deeply affected by the idea that they were responsible for this in any way for, for, for killing children. And obviously you wouldn't seek to do it again. You wouldn't, you wouldn't willfully do it. it would, if it happened, it was going to be a mistake, right? No one, no one deliberately kills children, right? Mm. And, and this idea, this, this, uh, this belief, or, or sorry, this, this feeling, this, this, this uh, sense of conscience or sense of morality that, that, that we all share, supposedly, uh, people believe that, that government leaders, uh, that they are, are in possession of, of, of this co the t type of conscience as well, where, where they are 
where they feel an empathy with um, with the suffering of their fellow human beings, particularly with children, and and that they would not consciously or willfully commit any kind of uh, atrocities or, or or murder or mass murder against anyone, let alone let alone children. But the problem with that is that we have seen not just not just now, but throughout throughout uh, recent history that uh, that such acts have been perpetrated against. Uh, civilian populations willfully and consciously by certain people and you know at the time it's couched in, the, in in terms of this is war and war bad things happen in war and these things are just um, just the result of, of collateral of, damage yeah what war is and yeah collateral damage which which suggests that this is unintended but as you mentioned in 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 several towns um, in Lebanon recently over the past week the Israeli military has ordered the population or the villagers to leave, giving them supposedly advance warning that, that their village is going to be attacked. And then when they leave, they very clearly, very consciously attack the fleeing villagers. Now, this seems to be a way uh, of, of flushing out the villagers because the, uh, the Israeli military supposedly has identifi- identified this village as being somewhere where Hezbollah uh, operate or, or, or members of Hezbollah uh, live and they issue this warning to 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 get them to leave the village just basically to give them an easier target because it's much easier to target cars or specific cars but the fact is that they must surely know that they're going to kill civilians and they do it willfully and consciously so this is a problem in that uh, the majority of people believe that they're that their political uh, leaders or their government leaders share the sense of humanity that they do, that, they, that they're in possession of, of a sense of, of conscience or of empathy uh, when the evidence shows that they're not in and possession of such a, such a conscience. And the justification that they use when they do kill these innocent townspeople or, or villagers leaving is to say that, well, they support Hezbollah, or if it's in Palestine, it's they support Hamas. You know, it's gone. It's, it's gone to ridiculous extremes because uh, the Israeli foreign minister, who is a woman, I can't think of her name right now, but she said, uh, reported in the Washington Times, I think, just a couple of days ago, that basically uh, the, the the Lebanese uh, inhabitants of Beirut, which is a city of about two million people in the southern suburbs, they, this is where they've been concentrating their, their, their bombing raids um, and she said uh, in, in justification for the 300 plus civilians that have been killed as a result of these Israeli raids on the, on the south of Lebanon she said that basically a lot of Lebanese civilians have Hezbollah rockets under their beds the exact word she used she said that they, a lot of them have Hezbollah rockets under their beds and this is a, a way to justify it just it defies belief really that, that, that someone like that would come out with such a, a statement in response to the fact that she uh, as a member of the Israeli government is responsible for the death of 300 innocent civilians and she, she blithely justifies it with this ridiculous claim that a lot of them have rockets under their beds Henry mentioned the word psychopathy and there's been some a lot of studies done on, on psychopathy. They're not very well known because psychopathy is promoted or uh, presented to the public at large as, uh, you know, silence of the lambs. Hannibal Lecter, you know, people who like to eat livers and... Uh, they're they're just, serial they're, killers. They're like serial killers. Or, uh, Ted Bundy or whoever. Yeah, and they're in jail, obviously, you know. Um, but 
that is not the reality of psychopathy and of psychopaths. Um, there have been various studies done, as I mentioned, books written on the subject by uh, psychologists and psychotherapists who have spent many years dealing with psychopaths and uh, there have also been a lot of scientific studies done on them in terms of actually studying their, their reactions, their, 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 the areas of their brain that, uh, that respond to certain stimuli. And the simple explanation, I suppose, is that a psychopath, when presented with an image of a car, for example, uh, one area of his brain will light up in recognition of, of a car and you present... Uh, immediately after that, if you present to him an image of uh, a disturbing image of death or suffering, there is no difference in terms of his response, in terms of the area that, that his brain lights up. Essentially, an image of a car is as moving to a psychopath as is the, the image of a dead child. Now, this obviously isn't the case with normal people, and that's the best way we can describe them, is that normal people, what, what, what you would expect, what everybody believes human beings to be like, uh, that, that they have empathy, that they have emotions, that they feel for, for other people and for the suffering of other people. Uh, this is normal human reaction. Well, there is a group of people who do not have that normal human reaction. Uh, they essentially have no conscience, uh, no ability to empathize. They don't feel emotions. They don't feel love. And as such, as a, as a result, they are able to do anything, really, without having pangs of conscience. Uh, the things that would stop you or I from committing a, a, a wrongful act or an illegal act or, or a harmful act on another person, they do not have anything that stops them from doing that. They do it as easily as they pick up a cup. Uh, they, they, they can harm and injure and transgress against another person. Maybe the listeners could just try to imagine for a minute what it would be like to be conscienceless. Think in your own lives of things that you've done that you've later had remorse for or things that maybe you'd like to do in a moment of anger or great emotion that you know are wrong and that voice that rises up within you that prevents you from doing it and then imagine that you didn't have that that there was no break to just these immediate urges imagine walking up to someone that you don't know a woman for example if you're a man imagine walking up to a woman an old woman or a child and hitting them in the head with a bar and splitting their their head open and looking down and having no response, no reaction, no mm. emotional reaction to it, looking at it as though you were looking at a at a piece of wood. That's what we're dealing with. In in essentially that's what we're dealing with. And And we're not talking about this as just individuals. We're talking about an organized system of these almost humans who are conscious of their difference from the rest of society who recognize each other and who are able to work together to achieve common aims. And their common aim is their own survival, which means the destruction of the rest of us. Because if they're ever found out, if the information that we have been talking about on Signs of the Times for years, if this were general knowledge and everybody knew of the danger of psychopaths, then these people would have no place to run and no place to hide. Yeah, and I, I think that's the important uh, that's that's an important point to emphasize because, uh, especially on our forum, we've had people come along and and they say that you know you're uh, 
you know, in, in going on a, a psychopath hunt, you know, you're you're advocating, you know, giving all psychopaths armbands, and it's you know, it's just leading towards more division and and exterminating all psychopaths, and uh, you know, the, the that's not the point. The point is exactly as Henry said, is that if, as we have stated. If in fact there are, you know, this 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 six percent uh, of the population are, are psychopaths, and many uh, more people are very easily affected uh, through uh, ponerology, if you will, uh, by the psychopaths, and if they have this this enormous control, then the only solution is for as many people as possible to learn about it, because if we all understood psychopathy and we all understood how to deal with psychopaths, then all the psychopaths in power today. Well, probably they wouldn't be in power, or at least far fewer of them would be in power. And you would recognize them when they presented themselves as candidates, and you would be able to say no. And and they don't have to be thrown in jail, and they don't have to be shot, and they don't—they just, you know, they are what they are. The fact of the matter is that the vast majority of people on the planet are like you or me, which means that we just want a normal life. We're not. Uh, inclined to go out at the drop of a hat and attack our neighbour and chop his head off or uh, steal his house. You know, we're n- people are not like that. Everybody assumes that that's what people are not like. They're not like that. People are not psychopaths. People are not insane murderers. Sure, they have their foibles, but generally they, they just want to live a happy life. So tell me, why has there been so much war throughout history? Why have millions of people died? Why have people been set against each other? Why have people, why have millions of people attacked and killed each other? Like this, this is one of the eternal questions, and this gets to the heart of one of these eternal questions because the only answer I've ever heard about why humanity is like it is is that that's just the way it is. Oh, you know, human beings are just kind of, you know, there's this good and bad human in humans. nature. Yeah, just human nature. I mean, and 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 they say no, nobody knows. Oh, that's just the way it is. Well, that's bullshit. Because people do know there is a reason. There is, I mean, nobody's going to tell me that in, in a situation where human beings, normal human beings, uh, that everybody can see are just normal human beings who just want a normal life. No one's going to tell me that on a planet where there's a majority or everyone is like that, 100% of the people are like that, that somehow war just happens and uh, somehow 65 million people, for example, in the Second World War, just happened to die by some aberration something came along and made 65 million people die that doesn't happen in the scenario where everybody is just a normal human being who wants a normal life so there is a reason for it there has to be a reason for it and a lot of people don't want to look at the reason for it or it's too complicated or they can't go there they haven't been given scenarios possible scenarios of what the what the the answer could be and that's what we're doing because this is a, is a question that needs to be answered before we all die because, um, okay, wars have happened and, you know, not everybody died. There hasn't been a war where everybody on the planet has died. We're, we're all still here, right? But, you know, hang around because never before in the history uh, of our of, of the human race, at least not this time around, have uh, there been has there been the, ca- the capacity or the capability to do just that, destroy the planet and everybody on it between nuclear weapons, chemical weapons, depleted uranium, plagues, biological weapons. They have a way of wiping out everybody. Yeah, 
And it's not a matter uh, simply of, of recognising psychopaths and, and putting them in jail because it's much more uh, pervasive than that because people don't realise that the values of the psychopath and the lies that they're so fond of telling, and I'm talking here about psychopaths and power, people will be able to see through those. I mean, the, these lies and the, 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 these values that are spread by the psychopaths because they're in positions of power are... are they cover all aspects of, of society. If people understood the nature of people who are in control of the planet and who are in control of the media and in control of economics, they would, they would be able to see the hand or the, 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 the footprint of the psychopath and these psychopathic values all the way through it. They would immediately see, for example, they would be immediately be in a position to see that forever the goal or the, 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 the tactic of, of these psychopaths has been to set ordinary human beings against each other. And people will be much less inclined to go, oh, yeah, you know, um, I'm a Muslim and you're a Christian, so I've got to kill you, you know, because, uh, because the government told me. He said you wanted to kill me. They wouldn't listen to what these people are saying. They only listen to what these people are saying and they do their bidding because they believe them to be like them. If they realized that these were not like them, that these people were fundamentally different from them, that they were psychopaths, that they did not have the human nature, the innate human empathy that you or I have, who's going to listen to them? Yeah, you're going to lock them up, but you're going to, you know, it's going to be a long time before we get to lock them up. The first step is to start seeing their, their influence everywhere. And one of the troubles is they're invisible in a certain sense. There's no readily discernible physical characteristic. It's not like the ways the, the psychopaths set normal people against one another where they say, well, you've got yellow skin and you've got white skin or you've got black skin or, or you speak a certain language or you're a Muslim and you're a Jew and you're a Christian. None of this applies these are diversions that have been sold to us to set us against one another, where the real enemy is invisible and is found in every culture, speaking every language, worshipping every god. They are everywhere in every society. And until we become aware of this, and until we're able to look behind the surface of things, we're going to remain their prey. Joe mentioned the fact that the values of the psychopath infiltrate and become our values. And last week in our podcast, we were talking about the situation that arose with Zinedine Zidane and the World Cup. And we mentioned the fact that it is just taken for granted now that in professional sport, it is okay to insult and provoke players from the other team. And this is an example of in a very mundane way how psychopathic values get internalized by normal people because most people will just say oh yeah that's true professional sports just the way it is but it has nothing to do with sport and the fact that you or your neighbor accept that shows that you've been infected to a certain extent with this value people don't realize how it affects uh, how really deeply affects their, their outlook, not just on, on, on sport, for example, but on everything. Because if you, through your upbringing and um, you know, through, through exposure to, to, to football, for example, and to these values, I mean, there's been many people on our forum who have come along uh, in response to our, our Zinedine uh, Zidane thread 
and who have told us, "Listen, you're you're going over the top here. You know, this is just this is just normal normal behavior. This is normal behavior." Yeah. But they don't re- realize that in saying that, that that also is normal behavior for them. They have given a little of their own decency of their own humanity away in that little way. And by giving that away, that means they're they're less likely yeah. to stand up when they're confronted with, with, for example, murder, mass murder. And they're less likely to stand up and say that that's wrong. They give a little, they give a little, they give a little. Soon they've given 50%. And, and they're, they're asked to stand up and point the finger at, at a massacre uh, uh, and say that's wrong. And they find it hard to do. They find that they've got, before they can even where they would be expected to automatically say that's wrong, they immediately uh, have a, one of these kind of paramoralisms that comes into their head. They don't know from where. You know, for example, people looking at Lebanon or Palestine. First thing that will come into their head is, well, you know, they might have been terrorists. You know, the, the thing is there's, there's maybe terrorists here, you know. And, and I mean, that that's, sure, that, that's a result of programming uh, that's it's the way that the news is presented in the media, where the headlines will say, you know, Mideast in crisis, and it's just presented as if this is a longstanding hatred without going into any of the facts of the matter that it's Israel that's the aggressor. Yeah, and ju- just just to make it clear on this, uh, on this point of defense, because the one thing that this catchphrase, this meme that's been put out there, and it seems to be the answer for everything that Israel is doing, which is uh, Israel has a right to defend itself. George Bush says Israel has a right to defend itself. The Israeli government says we have a right to defend ourselves. That that claim is laughable when you simply appraise yourself of the basic facts of Israel and Palestine and Lebanon and even Syria. Israel is occupying someone else's land. If someone came along when you weren't in your house, entered your house, changed the locks, and lived in your house, and, and you, you try to come back and, and get into your house, and they say, sorry, I've taken your house. Uh, go and find somewhere else. What would you do? you try and get back into your house, right? So when you try to get back into your house, the guy starts shooting at you. That's exactly what's happening in Israel, and that guy shooting at you that is occupying your house, he's saying, I have a right to defend myself from you attacking me and trying to get your house back. That's what's happening. Palestinians had their land stolen from them, as did the Lebanese. Part of Lebanon has been stolen, where Hezbollah is, that were the recent incursions that, that, that you mentioned uh, by the Israelis. Israel is occupying Palestinian land in complete contravention of international law, and, and, and the rest of the world is saying, oh, well, you know, that's Israel for you. But Israel is occupying Palestinian land. The Palestinians are resisting that occupation. And they're the ones... And they are the aggressors, supposedly, for resisting the, the occupation of their land. Yes. And it's not just an occupation. They're being treated like slaves. I mean, Gaza is like a, like a prison camp. And Israel bombs it regularly. And the Palestinians resist or fight back. And Israel, that gives Israel a justification to, you know, to obliterate them in the name of defending itself. Well, that's that's like in Lebanon, where you know, in, in especially in the American press, you keep reading that uh, Hezbollah is, you know, they launched 150 missiles today, you know, against Israel, and this is this is used as justification uh, for Israel's actions. But the simple fact of the matter is that Hezbollah was not firing 150 missiles at Israel, uh, you know, every day before Israel decided to invade and destroy the majority of the infrastructure of Lebanon. 
supposedly to get the evil, uh, you know, Hezbollah terrorists. So that's because I mean these are groups. Israel doesn't like these groups. It doesn't like any Arab groups around it that it doesn't control because those groups are standing up and stand as a testimony or a testament to the fact that Israel is in a legal state and it is doing nothing about it. It's enforcing its illegal existence by force of arms and these the, these Arab nations or these Arab groups are standing up and, say, and saying that. They're standing as a testament to that and, and, and they resist it and they say, you're on our land. They keep saying, you're on our land. And Israel can't bear that. Israel doesn't want to hear that. So what it does is, 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 is like any kind of... Um, I suppose any kind of psychopath in that situation, uh, it wants to exterminate them. It wants to silence those voices forever. The memory, it wants, it wants a new future, it wants a new identity, it wants a whole new reality where no one remembers that Israel stole Arab land. And the best way uh, the Israeli government thinks it can do this is to kill them all, wipe them all out, wipe out a whole generation and maybe the next one won't remember. They're going to have to kill a lot of people for that yeah. memory to go away. No problem. They'll do it. They will. They'll probably have to kill everybody on the planet, but, you know, they'll do that too if they get half a chance. But um, the other thing is terrorism. Terrorism doesn't exist in the way that it's presented. I defy anyone to show me a terrorist act ever that wasn't in some way justified and I'm talking here about the terrorism and the terrorists uh, as they are described by governments because you could easily show me a terrorist act by a government that was not justified but in terms of actual terrorist groups that were then demonized and, and, and destroyed and obliterated none of those groups existed without having a legitimate grievance against the government or the nation that they were fighting against. Was, I mean, there's this idea that terrorism is just, you know, um, you know, this, this the one side... crazy people. Yeah, this one-sided kind of, I just want to kill you because I want to kill you. I mean, it's, it's a perfect example of the way that, they, that, that the psychopaths blame others for what they do themselves. This idea that there are terrorist groups who want to kill people to simply profit for themselves. They want to commit unprovoked attacks against innocent people. That's what governments do. That's what governments have always done. And, that's and terrorism is a response to that by small, powerless people. And that's, that's what a psychopath will do. Will, you know, the psychopath will accuse its enemies of doing exactly what it's doing, which is exactly what we see you know, the U.S. doing in the war on terror and, and you know, the same with all these other countries. Who We've are, seen this since 9-11 when... The explanation for 9-11 wasn't, and here we're, we're looking within the official story, because obviously we know that 9-11 was uh, pulled off by, by internal elements in the U.S. and Israel. But even within the, the official story, they say, well, they hate our freedoms, and this is why they're, they're doing it. It's not that the United States and Israel have a long history of aggressive acts against different Arabs in different countries in the Middle East. It had nothing to do, according to the mainstream media in the U.S., at the horrific treatment of the Palestinians by the Israelis. It had nothing to do with any of that. It was unprovoked fanaticism that was emerging out of a vacuum. Yeah. So even in the official lie, it's full of holes. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad, you know, when your lie is full of holes as well, you know, in, in terms of being easily exposed as a lie. 
But when you control the media, and we know who controls the media, when you control the media, you can get away with it. I think the definition is that it's not even wrong, what they're saying. <laughs> it's not even wrong, yeah. Um, you know, everything that we're saying here is fact. Anybody can come here and uh, try to refute anything that we've said, and they will not be able to. In objective reality, they will not be able to. Everything that we've said is true, 100% true, and that's not an opinion, that's fact. We don't say anything that's an opinion. We say things that are screamingly obvious in our faces, in the entire world's face. And sure, most people don't know it because they don't get it from their TV or from the newspaper because it's controlled. But these are facts, and if anybody's interested in facts... These are the facts, what we're saying here today. And psychopathy is not some fanciful, crazy idea. Psychopathy is a scientific, a scientifically proven fact. Psychopaths exist. These people with no empathy, with no conscience, with no ability to love, to feel deep emotion, exist. And think about that for a moment. And think about, as Henry mentioned before, the way psychopaths would move up, very easily move up in the world of politics or in uh, the corporate world. I mean, these people are perfectly made to reach the top of corporations and governments. And they, they will do it faster and far better than anybody with a conscience because they, there is nothing that they will not do. There is no dirty deed that they will not immediately get themselves involved in if to help them to progress. So almost by definition... People at the top of governments and of corporations and in the world of finance are very likely psychopaths, or a large percentage of them are psychopaths. And we would ask each of our listeners to think back in their lives because we would be very surprised that each of you as individuals hadn't run into somebody that fits this description in your own life. Mm -hmm. And you will have seen in your own life, be it a boss at work, be it uh, an old boyfriend, whoever it might have been that that managed to uh, snake his way into your life, you will have seen the horrible damage that this person can do. Someone that you're maybe left bemused by, that you're left wondering about, that you fell foul of, but that you attempted desperately to project onto him some some reason for why he or she did what, what he or she did. And the plain fact is they're just in a certain sense, evil. They do it because that's what they are. And the thing is, it's the last thing you're looking for. If, you don't, if you're not aware of the existence of these people, you will never see them. You will always find a way to excuse it or to, 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 to find a way around... Uh, Explain it away. The, the, ...the inexplicable nature of their callousness. Mm. Because you can't imagine... Because you yourself have this conscience and you see everything in the world through the eyes of this conscience, you cannot imagine that someone else is not seeing the world through that same, that same filter. And if that isn't the most important thing in a world where that exists, if that is not the most important thing for everybody to be aware of, that there is this fifth column, that there is this, this uh, like, like parallel species of human who's fundamentally different in a very, very important way in terms of their ability to love other people, to feel for other people, to care for other people. They can look and, and act and be like us in every single other way, but if they're, lack, if they're lacking that, that's the most important thing, and that is a world of difference. It would be far better if they had all of our emotional qualities and, and looked like a, a space alien. 
if they had like antenna and googly green eyes and a big nose and were like you know short arms and stuff that would be far better we'll leave it there for this week we will be returning to the topic of psychopathy and that of the pathocracy which are those psychopaths who are in power we thank you for listening if you'd like to talk about any of this you can come to our forum you can find a link to it from our webpage at www.signs-of-the-times.org. So thank you for being here this week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.